I am Elle Penelope, author of Epic Fantasy and Paranormal Romance, and welcome to My Imaginary Friends, a look behind the scenes of an author mapping the worlds in my head and making them a reality. Hello, friends. Today is Sunday, August 29th, 2021, and this is episode 135 of My Imaginary Friends. I'm Leslie. So this week's best thing was the writing retreat that I went on. I just returned yesterday. I was gone all week in Vermont, in the mountains of southern Vermont, at a, at a log cabin that a writer friend of mine owns. And there were four of us there. Uh, the writer is Denny S. Bryce, Veronica Ferrand, Brenda Drake, and me. So it was originally a much larger retreat with a lot more authors in Florida. But a couple of weeks ago, everyone was like, ah, Florida's not looking really good with the coronavirus and the Delta and the refusing to get vaccines or wear masks. So maybe that's not the best place to be. So I decided to postpone that. We could re- rebook the house, the big house that we had um, we had rented. And then, um, you know, this the smaller retreat sort of came together really, really quickly. So, yeah, it was uh, very beautiful. I have a few pictures that I will put on Instagram. The only downside was that the internet was very bad. It was like satellite internet in the mountains. So, but I think that ended up being sort of a good thing. Like I still had to get day job work done, web development, which requires good internet. And during the day, it was fine. It was just in the evenings. Uh, it really, really slowed down. And even during the day, I was doing some Zooms and there was some delays. So it wasn't the normal speed. Now, some people can write without internet at all. Some people have those programs where they have to turn the internet off on their computer so that they're not, not distracted. I don't get distracted during my writing time, but I do need the internet to research. And I guess you could consider research a distraction if you allow yourself to fall down a rabbit hole and it just becomes procrastination. I don't think that that has happened to me in a long time. You know, like I'm on so many deadlines. I just, my time is tight. I still have a job, so I don't have a lot of time to waste. Um, I mean, I do procrastinate like everybody else, but when it's my writing time, I, I keep it like sacrosanct. You know, it's precious to me. But I do, and especially now in revision with a historical, I'm always researching. I researched before I wrote. I researched as I wrote. I'm researching as I revise. Just like like little details or refreshers or something new that I've decided to include in the story. And it was fine for that. So yeah, it was it was really great. It was refreshing to be out in nature. Like trees are surrounding you. There's a little pond on the property. Um, I did some hikes and got out into the wilderness. <laughs> but also, you know, the community aspect, the fellowship with other authors, and just having that sort of time away from everyone else. Like, we were there, we basically didn't leave only to go to the grocery store. Um, you know, we made the food there and having the time to focus completely, even as I still had to, you know, keep up with the important client stuff, um, and some, you know, other responsibilities. For the most part, I was able to or at least for at least half the day, I was able to completely focus in in a different way than I do here. So yeah, I do recommend writing retreats, get together with some writer friends, go away somewhere. If you can have like food brought in, I know some people who like hired a chef. This is like when they had 15 people there and they hired a chef or just figure out the meal situation. Um, but give yourself some time to write. Now, the downside is that because there is community and fellowship, that can be a distraction. You know, I mean, I was very focused and I was still getting up in the morning to write with my friend Ines Johnson at 8 a.m., which is our usual, our usual um, routine. And that 
was really helpful because, um, you know, you do want to talk to people and, and they're there, but at the same time, I need to write first thing in the morning. Like I can't chat for a while in the morning and then write. My brain is just wired. I've wired it purposefully to be like, okay, wake up and write at least five days a week. You know, that's not the Monday through Friday routine. And I didn't want to lose that. I didn't, you know, I had done my schedule and I was hitting my schedule. I actually got an extra chapter done that was unscheduled. So I'm very happy about getting a little bit ahead of the curve on this revision. Um, but yes, I had, I think that is something to be aware of when you do these, these like writing retreats, when you're writing with a lot of people in person, make sure that you have, I think having like a daily schedule for everyone. If, if the one in Florida, you know, if next spring when we're, we rescheduled the larger retreat, if that goes forward and things in Florida improve, um, I'm going to recommend like a schedule, you know, like, okay, everybody writes or you don't, like, you don't have to follow it, but just don't distract other people. But you have like quiet writing time or maybe like quiet spaces. So if you want to go talk to someone, like this room is for chatting. And if you are bored or you need human contact, you go over there. But otherwise, everyone is quietly writing until X, till like four o'clock or whatever. I don't know. I like schedules. I'm a little regimented. Other people might not be, <laughs> be fans of that idea. I just, it was just, you know, I can't go away for a week and disrupt my life like that and not get my work done. If that's the whole point of the trip. So I did. I'm very happy that I got an extra chapter done while I was there. And she had, um, like the hatchet throwing. <laughs> so like a target and these little, you know, little hatchets that you threw and knives, also knife throwing. Uh, so I was doing that, which I had never done before. And, uh, I was hitting the target, just not with the sharp part of the blade. So it wouldn't stick in, but I did hit the target several times. And I do have video evidence of that. <laughs> maybe a few more tries, uh, I would have gotten it. Although now my shoulder is sore. I do feel it. Like I did it for maybe like 20 minutes and oof, I feel it. A lot of people also do personal writing retreats where they just check themselves into a hotel or Airbnb and write. And I've thought about doing that. I actually never have pulled the trigger on it. Um, but just, you know, being away from the dogs and the husband and having someone deliver meals or being a place like in a hotel with a restaurant where you can just order room service or something. It's an idea. Or just in an Airbnb where I can cook myself, but kind of cooking defeats the purpose, I think. <laughs> I don't know. But if you like to cook, that's different. I don't particularly enjoy it. But I think it can be good to take some time away and be in a different location with different um, responsibilities or to reduce your home responsibilities. Like you're not doing laundry. You're not, or you, if you have a kitchen, you do have to clean up and do basic things. But I don't know, mindset shift of, of being away with a purpose. Like I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to pay X number of dollars to travel, to stay somewhere else and write. And I think the key to a successful retreat is planning what you want to get done by the end, like having a goal. You know, I knew I wanted to get through chapter 17 and I got through chapter 18 um, and having each day, like I had these two chapters I have to get done today. So I'm really not really trying to talk to you until I get my chapters done. <laughs> and uh, that's how I approached it to make sure that it was beneficial and that it made the most sense for me. And it was nice to be around people, other people, and talk to people and just you know, meet new people, learn about their lives. And that's always really cool. So yeah, I re recommend a writing retreat, whether it's just you or whether you gather some people together and uh, 
rent a house or, you know, the beach retreats. I've done beach retreats many years ago. That was a lot of fun. Like a bunch of people in a big house right on the beach. Usually in the fall, you can get better prices because it's people aren't going to the beach as much in the fall. So that is something also to consider. Um, off-season kind of places like that where you still get the benefit of looking at the ocean. I don't really need to be in the ocean. Like I'm, I don't mind going to the beach, but I, I don't swim or anything. So that's not a big deal. But it's the point is to write. Obviously, you have a nice serene location to do that. Right before I left for the retreat, I was at AwesomeCon, which is DC's um, big Comic-Con type event. There's lots of celebrities and lots of costumes. It's at the convention center. So they added the book fair this year for the first time. And I was on two panels at the book fair and um, two signings, although they did not actually have any books for me to sign. I think there was one book left. I got there on Sunday. I think the event started Friday or maybe Thursday. And they said there were some supply issues. So I don't know how many books they had at all. But when I got there on Sunday, there was one copy of Song of Blood and Stone and one person bought one. And they had book plates um, that I signed. And I just got to talk to people who came up and I did have swag. So I had my bookmarks out and I would give those to people. And um, so, yeah, but it was, the panels were good. They were a lot of fun and interesting. And AwesomeCon, you know, you get a good big crowd. Like the first time I did AwesomeCon, which was when I was totally indie, I believe. Um, the song of the uh, St. Martin's version of song had not come out yet. And that was, that was the biggest audience I'd ever spoken before. I mean, it was a big room packed with people. And like, we were all indie authors. I don't think they knew who we were. (laughs) They were just there. They were open and they were there to, to find, discover new people and find cool things that they liked. Um, The vendors did really well because I think people who came out had been in the house for a year and a half. They had saved up some money and they were going to spend it and support people. And the energy was good. The crowd wasn't as heavy because of COVID, obviously. Uh, So it was more manageable just to walk around because even though it's not as big as like a New York Comic Con, which is insanity, and I was really overwhelmed, it's still a lot of people there on a normal year. And it was a good number of people there. Like the place was full of people, but you didn't feel crushed. So I did appreciate that. I think it is good to try to get back to something like what we were doing before, just for your mental health. You know, like I love being at home. <laughs> I love being in the house, but I do, you know, we, we were all, we've all been through this traumatic experience. And I think if you are healthy enough to be back out in the world in as in as safe a way as you can, then it's it really lifts your spirits, and I think it really can be really helpful. So, writing update. Like I said, I got through chapter eighteen. Uh, as of now, there are still thirty-one chapters plus an epilogue in this book. This is the Monsters We Defy, which is my nineteen twenty-five fantasy heist novel, and it's going well. I do know that the the back half is going to take longer because there's five or six new scenes that I have to write, whereas I've only written two new scenes so far in the first 18 chapters. And I think the revisions get a little heavier. So my schedule reflects that. We'll see if I can stay on track. I've got that extra chapter under my belt. Um, Yeah, so far it's been going really smoothly. Like I said, I had to do a little bit more research on some things. Some things that I had researched and and couldn't find my notes. (laughs) 
I've been trying to be really organized about my research. And for the most part, I've succeeded, I think. I, you know, I keep lots of notes in Scrivener and they're organized in the folders and the files. And usually, you know, I, I can find it, but then there's other research that's just like documents, PDFs I've downloaded that are in folders, just on the hard drive. And then there's notes about things and I still have a text file full of notes and I still have a notebook full of notes. And sometimes I'm mean, like, I know I read a thing about this thing and I wrote something about it and I don't know where I put it. I think that's always going to happen, no matter how organized I am. Um, you know, I did download that software, Zotero, which is like a bibliography software that used used in academic, uh, for like academic research. And I didn't get very far in using it. So I also have Plotter and I've got notes in Plotter. And I've been trying just to keep links of, you know, online resources where I've gotten things. And, but I do have all of these places. And sometimes I just can't find where anything is. So I have to look it up again. But yeah, as for the writing, it is, it's going smoothly. You know, I, I've got my outline where I've highlighted the new things that each scene needs. And I review that. And before I get started, um, I review the notes that I took from my call with my editor, the revision notes to, to make sure I'm hitting what she's asked for and trying to integrate it. I mean, it's still, still a lot of, you know, 3D chess. It's still a lot of mental. I mean, it's just mentally taxing, you know, holding the whole thing in your head and, and envisioning this picture and then zooming in on this one piece to make sure that it strengthens the whole while being um, strong on its own and then connecting everything. And then, you know, I'll write a scene and then I'll be like, oh, well, because I'm doing this, I do have to go back again and thread it through, make sure I've mentioned it before. There's a lot of that. It's a lot of work, but I do enjoy revision. That is my favorite part of of the process. I think the first revision is my favorite revision. This second revision based on external feedback is if I had to rank them, it would be like number two. So number one is my own revision after my fast draft. Number two is revising based on other people's feedback. And number three is first drafts, which I very much dislike. But yeah, I, I have not gotten stuck. I you know, sometimes I have to take a step back and think about some things. There was this case this week where I realized that I didn't know some things I really needed to know about a character. Um, I thought I had figured out everything, but once again, I realized I hadn't. One of the panels I was on uh, for Awesome Con was with uh, Peter Brett, who's a fantasy author, whose process is really interesting. He um he's a big outliner. His outlines are like a hundred pages. So I don't know how long that takes him, but after that he just writes to the outline. And at first he was kind of like, yeah, well if you outline properly, then you don't have to, you know, when you're writing, you're not gonna have a problem. And everybody else was like, I guess we don't outline properly, because I mean, I outline, you know, my seven to fifteen page outline, not a hundred pages. But I'm always discovering things in the middle. And I would never, my process could never handle an outline of that length and detail because of the fact that, you know, I, I, I can only picture so much. I can only hold accurately or approximately accurately in my head about the first half of the book. 
maybe he just has the capacity to hold the entire thing in his head and perfect it to the point where that hundred page outline is everything he needs. I can't, I can't imagine that. But I mean, everybody is different. And that's, I think he realized he kind of stepped back and like, yes, no, the way I do it is not the right way for everyone. And, you know, obviously pantsers can't do that. Um, and every, every process is different. So own your process, you know, just because he is doing hundred page outlines doesn't mean that anyone else has to, or even should, because that is quite intense. Um, but you know, it works for him. He's got tons of books, lots of success. So do what works for you and figure out what works for you. And if what you're doing doesn't work, then change it. If it's working, own it, even if it's uncomfortable, you know, it has taken me a while to own the process and remind myself 50% in things are, gonna, are probably going to fall apart and that's okay. Cause that's how you do it. And you have enough books on the shelf that prove that you can get on the other side of this. So for anyone who is on their first book and, you know, hasn't proven that to themselves yet, um, keep going, you know, like if <sighs> experiment and not all in the same book, you know, like pick a process for, for this book. And then if it all falls apart and you can't actually get to the end of that book, then maybe go back and try something different. I, I try to, you know, stick with something until I'm sure it doesn't work and then evaluate, you know, it's a constant process of evaluation of how did that feel? You know, doing um, journaling after your writing sessions can be really helpful to check in with yourself and see how it feels. I did start years ago with um, writing a journal after my writing sessions. Then I moved into the like a video, like a private video journal. And now this is basically my journal for everyone to hear. Uh, but yeah, it, through that process, whether it was writing it down or talking it out, um, it really helped me to realize that this is what I do. Remember that this is exactly what happened before that I forgot conveniently and own it and accept it. And, um, and also understand that it's, it's shifting as much as I own the process. I know that the next book is going to be a little bit different and, you know, I've got these things in place that work, but they might not work for every book. And, um, I've sort of taken in enough knowledge that when something stops working, I have something else that I can try. You know, that's part of it too, like building up this database of possible um, solutions or possible things to try that can help you get out of a get out of a bind. Q and A. If you have a question for me that you would like answered on the podcast, please email podcast at lpnlp dot com. Uh, I have a question about my glasses. Have you ever tried a wacky design for your glasses or do you always prefer more business-like looks for them? I, I'm not a person that can like change glasses. Um, you know, when you get a new pair of glasses, your depth perception is always off and my feet always feel far away, which is why I can't wear prescription sunglasses because I can't like switch them out. Like these are the glasses. And so I've never tried any sort of wacky design because it's like, this is what I'm wearing every day. I, I have never like, coordinated them like with my outfits or anything like that. I have the glasses, I have them for a year or two, and then I get new glasses that I have to adjust to because the, the period of adjustment for me takes three or four days. And um, I can't just like, whoop, and now I have new glasses. So yeah, I'm not creative or exciting or interesting with my design. And these are actually my old ones because I had gotten new ones and they gave me a headache. So I was just went back to the old ones. I do need to make a new uh, appointment with the eye doctors because it's about that time again. 
I do envy people who can like, oh, today I'm wearing the red ones and tomorrow are the blue ones. I think that's kind of cool, but uh, it's not me. And that is it for me for this week. Uh, goals. I do have, um, I don't remember how many chapters I'm trying to get through this week. I don't have my schedule right here, but follow the schedule. And um, I might redo it now that I'm a chapter ahead to just give myself a little extra breathing room on the back end because I might need it based on how how many new scenes and chapters I have to write. Other thing coming up is the cover for Savage City. Uh, my slot with my cover designer is coming up, so I have to start thinking about the cover brief and uh, there's a form I have to fill out. I have been uh, collecting a Pinterest board with ideas, and so that is something that... I'll have to do in the next couple of weeks. I'm very excited about how this cover is going to come out. The edit should be coming out um, any day now. Coming back from the editor, I've gotten feedback from beta readers. And as soon as I finish Monsters, I'm diving back into Savage City. So be excited with me. And I will talk to you next week. I hope that you have a wonderful week. For episode show notes and to sign up for the footnotes newsletter, to get the show notes in your inbox, go to myimaginaryfriendsshow.com. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and watch the video episodes on YouTube. I would really appreciate a rating or review to help support the show. And My Imaginary Friends is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. For more fantastic podcasts, go to frolic.media slash podcast.